Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we ask that at this time you would inspire us, that you would fill us. We do pray that your kingdom would come. We all have people in our lives, Lord, that are struggling in so many ways. And Lord, we ask that you would bring your reign, that they would know your healing, your peace, and your love. So Lord, teach us to pray and be exalted in our lives so that we might draw all people to you. For it is in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. I was about to say, please be seated, but <laughs> creatures of habit. Um, so I've been feeling pretty low lately. Um, I don't know if it's COVID fatigue or, or just I'm tired of, of not being able to be present with people when they're struggling or could be any number of things. And a couple weeks ago, I was, I was planning on making a phone call and I didn't want to make the phone call. Because if it's one thing that John Galbraith has taught me is that, you know, a hug covers a lot of things. And if you can't hug somebody, uh, it's just, you feel inadequate. So I, I called this person and I was expecting it to be a really hard conversation. And then I was so surprised and delighted when she said, you would not believe how much God has been answering prayer in my life over the last few days. And I was like, what? <laughs> Tell me more. So she told me about what was happening. And she said, all my life, I didn't think God really answered prayer. Everyone talked about the power of prayer and how God answers prayer. But now I know it. And I, it's just amazing. When I hung up that call, uh, from that call, I just had to praise God. And it was so encouraging to me. It's one of the reasons why we need the church. is because when things are getting tough, the faith of others encourages us. And in the, gospel, sorry, in the epistle today, Paul was writing to the Ephesians, and the, and the passage that we have here, he starts off with, I've got to, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. You think with all the danger that Paul faced and all the hardship he endured, what caused praise was the faith of the church to see that God was, was on the move and the seeds of faith were being planted. We, were, we looked at this passage on Wednesday and somebody said, this is the prayer we should be praying for thy kingdom come, the prayer that he has for his people. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it is the prayer that we can be praying. So if you don't take anything else from this passage, look up the first chapter of Ephesians and read the whole thing as a prayer. Um, it starts off with thanksgiving of what Jesus has accomplished. And then it looks at, at this prayer for the church. And it can be applied to everyone. And what Paul is praying here is three things. One, that we would know the Father better. Two, that we would know the hope that we have in Jesus. And three, we would know the power of God. So we're going to look at this a bit more closely this morning but if you want to go to sleep now, you can. If you promise me you're going to pray this passage every day this week and see what happens, okay? Just don't snore. <laughs> All right, so that we, so 
Paul says, I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He prays that we would know the Father. I may have told you this story before, but when I was a teenager, I was vacationing with my dad in Newfoundland, and we were walking, we were hiking in this birch forest. And we got into an area where all the birds stopped singing. Seems like the, the sun diminished a little bit. And you couldn't see like five meters off the trail because the birch wood was so thick. And I was feeling really uneasy. And my dad, I guess, was too, because when he saw a great big branch that had fallen on the ground, he picked it up and hefted it. And I was like, you know, dad and mom split up when I was five. I've only spent a few weeks with him every year since then. Do I know this man? What is he going to do with that stick? <laughs> so it's like, uh, what's that for, dad? He said, in case I need to hit something. So I was, I was going to say, I hope that's not me. <laughs> no one around for miles. Fortunately, he, you know, he didn't see the need to do that. So for Paul saying that we, he praying that we would know the Father better, it's really important how we understand our Heavenly Father. Because if we, if we have a really negative experience with our dads, that can twist how we see our Heavenly Father. And it can do a lot of damage to our faith and our, our spiritual well-being, our emotional well-being. It can be really, really hard. So to know the Father better is to know the Father as He really is. Now here's the really exciting thing. He doesn't expect you to pick up the Bible and then just know things, right? To study and then you'll get it. That's not what Paul prays. He prays that the Father himself would give you the spirit of wisdom, and wisdom is seeing things as they really are, and revelation, which is knowing the will of God in a particular situation. So he's not saying, you know, pull up your socks and let's get going so you can know the Father better, everybody. He's saying, Father, please send your spirit of wisdom and your spirit of revelation so that they can know you better, more fully, more accurately. So our prayer for our church, for people everywhere, is that God would pour out his spirit upon them, that they would know the Father as he really is, not as the world has twisted imageries of Father. And there's not a whole lot of stellar examples, I'm afraid. Now, here's the beautiful thing, too, is that in John 17, Jesus defines eternal life as knowing the Father and Jesus Christ whom he sent. So Paul's also praying that they would have eternal life. Okay, so know the Father better. The next thing is that he prays that, he prays that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You know where people set their hope most clearly in our society during election time? You ever notice that? Man, I can't believe the Green Party didn't get in again. Right? What is this world coming to? Don't get me started on Trump. Uh, 
But when we lose it over who got in or who didn't get in, or you know, there's a problem. Because I'm not saying that we shouldn't be political or engaged in what's going on in our society at all. We should be. But our hope doesn't lie in politicians. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we are called to pray for our politicians. We are also called to advocate for people who are poor, who are marginalized, treated unjustly. We are called to do these things and to actively do so. But our hope, that we do that because of our hope, which is what Jesus is doing. For the longest time, I thought that our greatest hope was to get off this rock and go to heaven and be rid of all these wicked sinners. That's not what Jesus teaches. That's not what we see in Scripture. Our hope is that God is going to renew this world, that his will will be carried out perfectly here on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come. Establish your reign here. We look around us and we see the pain and the suffering in the world. We don't pray, get me out of here. We pray, Jesus, get in here more fully. Reign in here more completely. Heal us. Restore us. Refresh us. This is so much better than the Philadelphia cream cheese commercial. It's, it's, it's so full of what our hope is. Knowing our hope is like having a vision that directs our steps. That's why it's so important to know our hope. So know the Father better. Know the hope to which you have been called. And finally, know the power of God. This is the longest section in the letter. And I'm going to sum it up. It says that Jesus has power over death over every power and authority, and everything is being directed for the sake of the church. I had to read that over a few, <laughs> a few times. I'm like, the church? Really? Because the church represents the fullness of Christ. It is his body. And it's like, our church? Our church, by the grace of God, is called to represent Jesus fully. One of the problems with knowing power is that we have an, a twisted understanding of what power is really all about. Because the world will tell you, when you have full power, you get to do what you want, when you want, how you want. That's what power is. But power for us is that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how will it be done? It will be exercised through his church. Um, there's a, a video uh, on, uh, on YouTube right now. It's a, his name is Ed Trevers. He's a minister somewhere in Nova Scotia, in Shelburne. And he was responding to something that happened at another Nova Scotian church uh, the, the former weeks. And basically, a Nova Scotian church decided that they weren't going to listen to any more restrictions from the government, and they were going to meet. And so they met. And they were warned, don't do this again or you're going to be fined. So they met again. And the church was fined $11,000. And every individual there was fined as well. And altogether it came up to over $70,000. And so Ed Trevers in his response to this video is saying, basically, we are given power 
uh, in this world, but it's not to do what I want to do. It's to extend God's kingdom. So he said, if you have $70,000 to throw away, why not take that money instead and invest in your community? You know, help fund shelters or, or, or you know, breakfast programs or after-school programs or whatever it is in your community that needs to happen. Why not take that money and put it in somewhere good that would make Jesus smile? To know the power of God is not to know that I get to put forward my personal rights and freedoms. To know the power of God is to see that his kingdom is extended in my life and through my life. And when you, when you think about the history of the church, <laughs> those dark, ugly moments are when the church seizes power for itself every time. Those beautiful moments where God is glorified and wonderful good things happen is when the will of God is put forth first. And you can see this, it doesn't make any sense. Look at the martyrs. You know, the government's trying to stamp out the church, kill our brothers and sisters in horrible ways. And what happens? The church explodes, right? Just new members coming all the time. It's really something... The power that Paul is talking about here is about the will of God going forth first. Oh, that we would know his power. To see that knowledge of him, that hope restored, and that his active activity would just be known through our parish, through our diocese, our country, throughout the world. So you remember your homework, right? We're going to pray this prayer every day, asking God to make it come, make his will come, uh, to especially those five people we're praying for, but just in general. Because the truth is, we all need to be rescued. The good news is, is that we have been rescued in the, in the workings of Jesus and in the person of Jesus. And now the invitation is for all of us to grow in Christ-likeness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our prayer today is for us, for those dear to us, and for those that we don't even know. And our prayer, Lord, is that you would pour out your Spirit, that we would all come to know the Father better, that he would be glorified in it. We pray, Lord, that you would be our hope, and that what we see in you would direct our efforts and our energies that we could let go of the things that don't really matter and hold tightly to your kingdom and those things that, that matter so much to you. And Lord, we pray that none of this would be done in our own effort or strength, but that we would know your power, which is limitless, which is greater than any other force we know. Lord, extend your reign in us and through us and be glorified in your church. For we ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.